Welcome to another episode of the Christian Combatives Podcast. I'm your host and servant in Jesus Christ, Paladin Actual. Now, today I wanted to talk about something that's probably sensitive and maybe personal to a lot of you out there, and this is pornography, and particularly the dangers of pornography and pornographic things, not just images, but also books and, and, and audio and things like that, and how they can affect your family, and how you need to be able to be aware of these things, these influences that are actively targeting your children, and how to protect your children. Now, if you don't have children, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're just interested in the topic, I mean, there's there's plenty of things to talk about here. This is mainly geared towards those those parents who want to protect their children from these things. Uh, this is a serious topic. If if you are a teenager and you're like, oh well, I don't have kids, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have to be worried about this because you know I can engage in this sort of behavior and eventually I'll just I'll just get a wife and all of my you know all my sinful desires will stop and all of my bad habits will stop and. That's that's not how it works. I'm sorry. This is what I'm talking about here. This is this is spiritual heroin. This is this is, you know, spiritual cancer. This is soul cancer. This is something that that becomes more and more addictive, more and more harmful the more and more you use it. Any ability you have to prevent access to this for yourself. Any ability you have to minimize engaging in this in, in this kind of content, t- take it. Take it. It's it's worth it. It will pay off in the long run. As much as you can resist this sort of horrible poison, it will pay off in the long run. I I, I promise you. It, it there's no magic. There's no magic cure. That okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll one day I'll just give my life to Christ again, and then I'll I'll be married and I won't, I won't have a problem anymore. That's that's not how it works. I I talk to people. I have friends. I have people that I talk to who come to me for help, and they have been married and they have been struggling with this addiction for decades. It does not go away easily. Take it take it seriously. And this is why it's all the more important for parents to be aware of the danger that this poses to their children. Because this isn't just, oh, little Johnny, you know, stumbled upon something, some image she shouldn't see. This is something that affects them for a lifetime. This is not just... Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what else to compare it to. It's not It's not cigarettes. It's not drugs because those things you have to go out and buy. You have to physically obtain copies and or physically obtain, you know, I don't know if it's copies of cigarettes. You have to physically obtain these, these inappropriate substances. Whereas when you're talking about something like pornography, it's free. It's everywhere. And it's intentionally targeted at, at people. The goal is for people to consume it in as much quantity as they possibly, as, as the people marketing it could possibly get them to consume it in. So anyways, what started this off is, I mean, it's always fascinating to hear a story in the news that kind of shocks parents. Some beloved kids TV show character or some channel or something like that is trying to show something inappropriate to the kids. Uh, I, I heard about today, I was listening to, I don't know, some podcast or something like that, and they were talking about a new episode of a Cocoa Melon or something like that. Some stupid baby show that I don't let my kids watch anyway, and I don't watch anyway because it looks dumb. But in addition to being dumb, it's also inappropriate. It has inappropriate themes and content that I wouldn't want my kids watching. It's more than just brain rot. It's actual harmful content. And this is kind of presented as a shocking story. Like, I mean... <laughs> what, what, what's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me every single time I put content in front of my kids that I don't screen. Like, who's shamed at that point? At, at this point, there's no excuse to be ignorant of the evil in the world and that it works in every way it can to try to target kids in every form of media it can. You should be suspicious of every book, every movie, every TV show, every channel. I'm sorry, you grew up watching PBS? That doesn't mean that PBS is still, to this day, you know, producing content that you want your kids to watch. I loved Mr. Rogers growing up. 
I don't want my kids watching Sesame Street for things that I know that Sesame Street promotes. Right? So this is something where you can't just be passive anymore. Maybe previous generations you could have been. No, that doesn't fly anymore. There is an active effort out there from every form of media, from every company that has you know evil intent to target specifically your children and get them to engage in content, get them to behave relative to the content, get them to consume content. It's out there. You should be paranoid. If you think, oh, well, I don't want to you know, put a tinfoil hat on and be paranoid. No, this at this point, if you think you're being paranoid, you're only halfway there to the truth. It is worse. It is worse than you could possibly imagine. So what I wanted to do today, since, again, this seems so shocking to so many people, is, oh, no, this beloved kid's TV, baby TV show is, like, showing something inappropriate. And I'm not shocked. And you, sh- you shouldn't be shocked either. It should be, yeah, oh, you know, they're at it again. So what I want to do is I want to kind of give you some examples and kind of walk you through a little bit of a timeline, some experiences and stuff like that, and put your mind in the right perspective of how much you should be on the defensive with your family, guarding your family with your life, you know, as a parent. This is your job. Okay. So to put this, put in perspective, this this war that the secular world is waging on your family, particularly your children, uh, that's why I, I put together this episode. And now this, again, this episode is primarily made for those Christian parents who need to know about the dangers their kids are facing online with digital media, as well as with things like physical books and even their friends and acquaintances. If you watch this episode, if you listen to this episode and you're not a parent, however, maybe some of the things that I describe sound like something you've been exposed to yourself. Now, if this is the case, I would like you to please, as a favor, just please leave a comment below. I'm not asking for any details of what you experienced, but simply saying that you experienced this targeting, you've experienced this hurt, saying some of these things and kind of letting the parents know that, yes, this happened to me, that might help <laughs> might help drive this point home a little bit a little bit harder, that this is an actual real threat. So here's the thing. I spend a lot of time, shit, this is a shocker, I know, I spend a lot of time online talking with people. A lot of different states, a lot of different countries, a lot of different ages, different social groups, all that, all that kind of stuff. Now, it still remains the number one problem that I am asked to pray for, and the number one problem that I'm asked advice for is addiction to pornography. And, and, and frankly, it, it kind of gets under my skin. It kind of it makes me mad. Not at the person, not at you. If you're asking me for help, I will do my best to try to help you. But the fact that I, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of this infernal affliction. It is everywhere. It is so constant. It targets the weak. It targets the vulnerable. It is infuriating. That this sort of this sort of stuff is so commonplace that at this point, even you know, we Christians, we don't even see it. You know, you could be watching a TV show or movie and you not even pay attention, like, oh, oh, I guess there was, you know, some inappropriate content in that show. I didn't even think about that. So I'm not mad at the person who asks for help. I I I'm mad that they continue to be hurt, that somebody out there is trying to hurt them with with this stuff. Now, this isn't this isn't just uh, an illness. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say you know pornography is is just an illness. It's just it's just a social disease because illness isn't intentional. Illness is not intentional. It's it's not calamity that I'm talking about here. The full intention of this tool is to hurt other people and particularly target the vulnerable. 
Now, the word pornography, it's, uh, it's a combination of two Greek words. Uh, porneia, which it means a, a perversion. It means something to be twisted and, and inappropriate and, and not properly understood, not properly used. And graph, graphos, uh, and that means like a depiction, like, a, like an image or a drawing or something like that. But this isn't just, this isn't just visual media. This is something that, that you know, affects people through all kinds of media. You hear it in music. You hear inappropriate things in music. You read inappropriate things in books. Um, just saying, well, I don't look at videos. I don't look at pictures. But I read, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey or something like that. I'm like, that still counts. Harlequin novels, still the same sort of thing. Music, there's, there's plenty of really inappropriate music out there that contributes this to, in a similar way as as visual media. But let's talk about let's talk about this a bit. Let's talk about how paranoid you should actually be and let's talk a little bit about how things have changed and how they're changing in the future. How you as a Christian need to be on guard yourself as well as for others. So let's turn back the clock a bit. Let's dial it back to like the 1990s. I don't know what 93, 95, 96, something like that. Back in the 90s, back in the 90s, back in the day, before the times of the internet where this was common, this was a considerably less pernicious danger. Now, I recall growing up without regular access to the internet, thanks be to God, without a cell phone in my pocket, without a smartphone. I mean, like later on in high school, I had one of those brick phones. But even at a, at a younger age, I was exposed to this nonsense. Now, my parents were responsible in raising me. They were very responsible. They were very loving. They were involved in my life. But this wasn't the case for all of my friends. All of my friends didn't necessarily have responsible parents. I recall at the age of five years old going to a friend's house, and then he showed off his brother or his father or his uncle's collection of magazines and VHS tapes. So by no fault of my parents' own, you know, they're trying to raise me right. Uh, they're not allowing inappropriate stuff in the house. But I just go over to a friend's house, and I'm exposed to all kinds of content that I should never have seen, let alone seen at five years old. So that's me at five years old. Let me ask you something. Now that smartphones tablets, and the internet, now that this is common for all ages, do you think a five-year-old would have more or less access to something like that? Should you not be at least as considerate about the content you allow around your own children, not to mention what their friends and their families might have? You might like your kids' friends. You don't know what their policy is regarding media. All right, fast forward to middle school. Still talking about me for a bit. Yay. Fast forward to middle school, junior high, something like that. Actually, I think it was probably in, in, in both cases, middle school and junior high, that, that sort of age range. So one of my favorite things to do is to go to sleep over at a friend's house. Like, this is what you did back in the day. You go to Blockbuster, you rent some movies or some video games. You, you could rent games back then. So we'd rent some, you know, Nintendo or some PlayStation games or something like that. We'd eat a bunch of pizza, drink a bunch of soda, and stay up until 4 in the morning playing video games. Innocuous enough. Now, here's the problem. I'm living in California at the time. Different group of friends. My friend's parents don't want to be too overbearing with their friend's activities. They don't want to butt, butt into their friend's life, or into their kid's life, my friend. Uh, and the internet long, no longer requires dial-up. This is a bad combination. The world was not ready for the internet. They did not know the danger that it possessed, let alone that these parents were not involved in the first place. So at my own house, the computer was password protected, and I was allowed... Only an hour of supervised time on it per day. I mean, this is just like, hey, I want to play, you know, Commander Keen or I want to play some computer game. And, you know, my parents would log into the computer. It would be offline and I'd be allowed to play computer games for an hour a day at, at most if I did my homework and chores and all this other stuff. Right. So that was how that was how it was. It was very structured at my house. Thanks be to God. Again, I didn't like it at the time, but it was good for me. 
At my friend's house, however, they didn't have that sort of restriction. The, the, my friends, they each had a computer in their own room, and it was connected to the internet, and they could shut the door to the room, and you will never guess what kind of exciting things they discovered on the internet, and they're eager to show their sheltered Christian friend. Again, this is multiple friends, friend groups that I had, or multiple friends that I had, that I would go over to their house, and this was, you know, this happened multiple times in middle school and in junior high. This was a common thing. This is what little kids, you know, little boys like to do. They like to show off, you know, hey, look at this cool thing I found. Now, again, let me ask you this. Now that kids are in middle school, now that they have smartphones that they can bring to school with them, do you think it's a greater or lesser likelihood that a kid with unrestricted internet access on his phone that he has with them at all times is going to stumble across something and decide to share it with others? Now, even if you don't give phones to your kids, even if you don't let your kids use phones, there still is a possibility that they have friends at school who have phones. Their parents might not have the same restrictions that you have. Do you think it's a greater or lesser likelihood that your kid could potentially experience the same thing that I experienced in middle school? Except he doesn't have to sleep over at a friend's house where, you know, there, uh, there's unmonitored chaos going on, going on. But all he has to do is have a friend in the same class as him say, hey, hey, look at this. It's on my phone. Do you think it's a greater or lesser likelihood? This is something that you need to be considering. Now, when you or another parent gives a phone or a tablet to a kid, just loads it up with, I don't know, YouTube Kids or Disney Plus or whatever, how confident are you that platforms like YouTube and Disney have the best interests of your kids at heart anymore? Like, maybe you think, okay, well, I'll let my kid use phones and, 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 and tablets, and he can take it to school with him, and the only apps, he won't have any chatting apps, he won't have any internet access, the only thing he can access is, is YouTube Kids and Disney+, Plus, and I can just kind of, you know, leave it up to them to decide what to show my kids. Now, even if you grew up and you're like, well, you know, I, I love Disney growing up, I love Lion King and Aladdin and all these other things growing up, and they were, you know, appropriate enough, surely they wouldn't have anything bad for my kids, but... Plenty of things have come out from these two companies alone lately. Plenty of, two, plenty of things have come out that should cause you concern with your kids' interaction with these media companies alone. Should you be leaving your kids alone with them? Should you say, hey, YouTube, hey, uh, Bob Iger, whoever, you know, <laughs> Disney, d- uh, the owner of Disney is, should you say, whatever you think my kids should watch, just go ahead and load it up for them. I don't need to preview it. I'll let you decide what my kids should watch. Do you think that that's an appropriate position to take. If you're a parent and you're not paranoid about this yet, then <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done. This 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 rabbit hole gets worse. So my experiences growing up without a phone, without extended internet access, attending private Christian schools with active and involved parents with structured kind of life, structured access to, to computers and media and 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 you know, music and movies and stuff like that. This is the best possible outcome, I think, that I, I could have experienced. I mean, considering the, the time that I lived, this is, this is better than I could hope for for most people. Now, let me talk to you a little bit. Let me talk to you a little bit about what I hear is going on now. Like I said, I talk to a lot of people online. I talk to a lot of people who tell me stories of how they got to their position now where they can't shake this addiction. They can't shake this, this horrible thing that torments them how much worse it's gotten, and how much more careful and involved you as a parent have to be. Now, like I said before, this is the number one struggle that people come to me with online, addiction to pornography or being hurt by some inappropriate content like that. Number one, by far, 
multiple people, multiple times a week, strangers saying, hey, please help me pastor. I don't want to talk to my own pastor because I'm so ashamed of this. I don't want to tell my parents, but how do I stop? This is so common. Maybe that's a comfort that there are so many people who are struggling with this. So many people, all age groups. I'm not just talking about teenagers. I'm talking about people decades older than me struggling with this sort of thing too. This is all kinds of people struggling with this. Now, I'm older. I'm older now, so I don't spend as much time playing video games. I don't spend as much time playing, well, I don't spend much time playing video games at all, period, but I certainly don't play, I don't know, games that I kind of think of, oh, those are kids' games, uh, or engaging, you know, using apps or whatever. I'm like, that's just, you know, those Zoomers or whatever are using. I don't play Roblox, Fortnite, and Minecraft. Uh, I don't spend time watching anime. I don't use Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. I don't use TikTok. Now, if you're at least as old as I am, and you hear those things mentioned, and you hear like the, the names of some of those things, you think, oh, well, that's just dumb kid stuff, and you just kind of laugh it off. Oh, ha, 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 my kid's playing Minecraft. My kid's playing Roblox or whatever. And yeah, you're right. It is kid stuff in that it's extremely popular among younger people. But just because these things are designed for a younger audience doesn't mean the creators or the users have the best interests of your kids at heart. I cannot count the amount of times that these things or things like these have come up in conversation with younger people who struggle with pornography or struggle with, you know, people targeting them. Now, it isn't that, let's say, Minecraft is inherently evil. It's a... It's a, a digital version of, of playing Lego, you building blocks or whatever. You know, my, my mom used to love to play it and build all kinds of stuff. I played it a little bit for a while, built stuff. I'm like, ah, I built stuff. So it isn't that the game itself is bad. This game in particular itself is bad. But these are the things where children are. There are lots of kids who love playing Minecraft online with others, with strangers, with content that was not I- included in the original game that's created by, that's created by people. Um, Roblox in particular, I mean, I've never, I, I think I, no, I think I have played Roblox one time. It was, I played it for like, for like 30 minutes or whatever. I was like, ah, I just don't get it. You know, <laughs> it didn't appeal to me, but this in particular, there's just so much content out there that's created by, that's created by kids or that is targeted to kids that isn't appropriate, that isn't appropriate. Even if the game itself is, is, is fine, the stuff in the game and the people in the game aren't necessarily fine. So yeah, they're, they're kids' games. These are where kids go. These are where parents don't go, where parents don't supervise the activity of their kids. If you took your kids to the park, you know, you'd watch them play on the, uh, on the park. <laughs> you, should at least, you should at least have something similar if you take them to the online park of whatever their favorite video game is or whatever their favorite website is where they can watch anime, you know, Crunchyroll or something like that. You're like, oh, well, you know, it's dumb kids' cartoons. They can watch whatever. You know, I don't have to watch these shows. I don't need to watch dumb kid content to, to know that it's appropriate for my kids. Snapchat, Instagram, you know, it's just dumb kids posting selfies and, and you know, of themselves drinking tea and their dumb haircuts and stuff like that. You know, I don't need to be involved in that sort of thing. Oh, it's just how my kids communicate. Just it's just it's just Discord. It's just, you know, Snapchat. It's 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to think of whatever <laughs> WhatsApp or you know, what other what other apps the kids are using to to communicate. You know, I don't need to be involved in that sort of stuff. I I I trust my kids. But here's the thing. This is, I mean, we're talking about content, we're talking about platforms, we're talking about media, things like that where it's intended intended specifically for a younger audience to be drawn into. And at the same time as it attracts a younger audience, it 
<laughs> it makes it less appealing for an older audience, like say their parents. So these, these things, these are places where kids are and parents aren't. If your goal was to hurt children without their parents being able to stop you, these are the things that you would use to do it. These are the places you would go to do it. If you want some examples, these are some examples. These are some of the common examples that I hear from people who've been hurt uh, regarding their... So these are people who've, who've talked to me and said, here's a situation that I'm in, um, and, and here's how I got here. Here's how, you know, these these apps, these communities, these uh, these games, these you know, whatever it is, this is how these things got me to where I am right now, where I'm in trouble, and I don't need... I don't know what to do, and I need, I need help. So your kids are hurt. Generally, one of two ways. This is again from my experience from talking, uh, talking to a lot of them, a lot of teenagers and stuff like that. The first way that I've heard about that's common is done. It, it's it's done either with old older people, full grown adults, or older teenagers who are still very interested in these games. Uh, you know, you've got these teenagers like, oh, you know, you know, I'm 17 or whatever, but I play Roblox or something like that. And, and they meet your kids online, and they befriend younger users online. They invite them to a, to a Discord server. They invite them to a chat group. They invite them to some social media, some social area where they're exposed to inappropriate content. Now, for these older teenagers, they're, you know, they don't think anything about it. This is mundane content for them. Yeah, they see the, this kind of stuff all the time. They talk about these kinds of things all the time. But for the younger people who get invited into these communities, who are excited to finally get to play with the big kids, this is a gateway for them. In the same way that a boy in the past would, you know, would brag about his uncle's his uncle's inappropriate magazine collection by showing it off to his younger friends, these kids online want to demonstrate how grown up they are by showing off this kind of content. This is one of the one of the primary ways that I've seen so many people hurt is is that you know they're they're younger they're invited by some older some people that they look up to um, some older people in this community and they join a community and the community has inappropriate things in them and this is how they get started down this path and if it's intentional that's something called grooming <laughs> but it's often unintentional by these older you know oh you know I just like hanging out with this you know this random kid that I I play Roblox with or play you know Minecraft with or whatever I want to invite him to my Discord server so we can chat and hang out and post memes and pictures and uh, and you know other stuff right and and it's the intention is 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 maybe potentially innocent enough but the content isn't you know this isn't you giving content to your kids. Do you do you trust? <laughs> I'll keep coming back to questions like these. Do you, as a parent, trust strangers and the teenage children of strangers to determine what kind of content is appropriate to share with your kids? What kind of things it's appropriate to say to your kids? What kind of ideologies and social connections they they want your kids to make? Do you do you do you trust the teenage boys of strangers that much? Or do you t trust the uh, the online strangers that much that play these little kid kid games and, and want them all on a server? Do you trust these strangers that much? I don't know. This is a I'm asking you. Think about that. Do you, how much do you trust these strangers and their kids? Especially if you know nothing about them. Now, if this is making you paranoid, we're on the right track. Here is the second the second way that I often see people people that come to me and they say, you know, I've been hurt by these things online. By these, you know, these kids' games, these platforms, these genres uh, online, this is the second way that they're often hurt. And this is, I, I don't know that it's, it's actually less common. Uh, the second way is that the games themselves, these things themselves have explicit and inappropriate content. 
they expose your kids to directly. So again, you know, if you're if you're just content to know that your kid is in the un, in the other room, unsupervised, playing Roblox, it's oh, he's just playing a kid's game. You know, strangers online, but he's just playing a kid's game, or he's just watching an anime on Crunchyroll. How how hard could it be? They're just cartoons, after all. You need to be more involved. You need to be more aware of the content your children are consuming. You know, you can read the outside of a box of a video game, but that doesn't mean you know what's on the inside. Now, you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't think that the random strangers with your kids in your kids' chat are all online are going to be constantly displaying Christian values. Even if you don't want to ascribe nefarious motives to strangers, I mean, it, it, it would be ignorant for you to assume that they're all displaying Christian values, that they're all only giving that content that you think is appropriate to your kids. All right. So, unrestricted internet access, unrestricted phone access, unmonitor, unmonitored time spent on online video games, unmonitored time spent on social media platforms and chat programs and content sharing platforms. Let's say you do away with all of these things. Because we can no longer pretend that the world is as innocent and harmless a place as we once thought it was, especially digitally where there's no accountability, where kids can roam unsupervised. That is an outdated and ignorant worldview. And as Christians, you should be as wise as serpents, gentle as doves. You need to be more clever. You need to be more wise. Now, if I'm giving you this information, don't shrug it off and say, oh, but that will never happen to my kids. They use their iPad responsibly. I don't need to monitor their chats. I don't need to read what they're saying to each other. I don't need to, to look at who they're talking to. I don't need to look at their internet history. Here's the thing. Your kids may be absolute angels. They might be absolutely perfect and never do or say anything objectionable at all. They might be just wonderful little kids. The people on the internet who want to hurt them are not angels. Even if your kids are perfectly behaved in all that they say and do and engage with, the people who interact with them when you're not paying attention, they are not those angels. So let's keep going. Let's keep going to some other dangers. If you're not paranoid enough, you say, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to be Amish now. No more electricity in the house. Nothing. No internet. In the, honestly, no internet in the house. No internet for my kids. That might not be such a bad idea. I'm, my kids are not, I mean, I was going to say my kids aren't old enough to own a phone, but at this point, I know so many kids who do have phones. I'm not going to buy a phone for my kids. And if I do buy a phone, you could, you better believe it's a, it's a Nokia brick. <laughs> and they're not getting iPads. They're not getting their own computers, and they're not getting a computer in their room. That's for sure. If we need to find some way to, to get them to, to do homework, they can write it on a shovel with chalk like Abraham Lincoln, right? This is... At this point, me being aware of, of how horrific, how pernicious the evil is with the internet, there are just so many different ways that so many different people are targeting your children on the internet. Honestly, it's probably better that they don't involve themselves with it at all, unless it's literally you picking, you know, what you're, you're like, hey, look, I've got this cute cat video that I watched on YouTube, and I want to show this video, this specific video that I've already previewed, I want to show it to my kids. Like, if that's what you want to do, fine. But if you want to say, okay, well, I trust my kids to go and just have an iPad, and I'll, I'll just ignore them for a few hours. That is not, you can't do that anymore. Maybe there was some, some, some <laughs> just no, you can't do that anymore. All right, but let's say, let's say, um, uh, let, let's say you got rid of all the internet devices, all the internet, all the digital devices in your, in your house. Let's go on some other dangers that you need to be aware of. What other forms of media do your kids consume? Do they watch streaming services like YouTube, Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, things like that? 
go through, do you actually, actually, be honest, do you actually go through the trouble of watching every episode, every movie, every show that you let them watch, or do you frankly not have that kind of free time? I mean, for for one, I do not have the free time or the patience to sit down and watch every episode of Coco Melon or or Paw Patrol or Baby Shark or you know whatever. I don't have the patience to watch that dumb baby stuff. <laughs> uh, so the fact of the matter is that I should only allow known quantities for my kids to watch. Just because I, oh well, you know it's a baby show, I don't really need to preview it. Yeah, yeah, you do. In fact, you explicitly do, you especially do if it's, if it's a show designed and targeted at kids. Now, as rarely as my kids watch movies and shows, as rarely as your kids should be watching movies and shows, I mean, growing up, I watched plenty of things on TV. I watched plenty of things, plenty of movies that would be interesting to my kids. And these things that I watch, these known quantities that I have already consumed myself, that I've previewed myself just growing up, I have firsthand experience that I know that they don't have the social messages that modern media has. I know that they don't have the inappropriate content that modern media might have. So I'm comfortable with my kids watching Mr. Rogers. I watched so much Mr. Rogers growing up, I know what it's all about. You know, I might let them watch Bob Ross. I don't know if they'd be interested in Bob Ross painting. But you know what my kids are interested in? And they love to death? The original Power Rangers. I've seen the entire original Power Rangers. It is a dumb show, but my kids love it to pieces. And I don't have to, it's not an unknown quantity. I can plunk them down. If I want them to to watch some stupid, colorful brain rot, I can plunk them down in front of the original Power Rangers. I don't need to say, okay, well, you know, it's 2023. You guys need to be watching the latest iteration of of Ninja Space Force, uh, whatever, Power Rangers. Let's say they want to watch cartoons. Well, it just so happens that all the best superhero cartoons came out on Saturday morning when I was a kid growing up. Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, you know, whatever it is, Static Shock, whatever it is, I have no excuse to put unknown media in front of my kids. I have consumed more than enough media for my growing up lifetime. Uh, My kids should not even watch as much TV as I've watched. But this means that I know there are known quantities in media that I can say, look, I've previewed this stuff before. I can let you watch this 1976 Spider-Man episode or whatever. I can let you watch this 1990s Batman. I have no excuse to put unknown media in front of my kids, and neither do you. I have no excuse to just leave the room and hope for the best. Oh, they're watching Disney+, Plus; they'll be fine. Neither do you. You do not have an excuse. You have been warned. I, 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 am letting, I am telling you, I tell you this myself, it is dangerous. You, uh, you can search for, for news stories about how dangerous all of this stuff is, whatever. But it is dangerous. You have no excuse. You cannot just shrug anymore and just say, I'll let these companies decide what my kids should watch. But let's, let's, let's move away from the visual for a little bit. What about music? Now, this is a little bit of a harder one, since maybe a lot of the stuff you grew up listening to may not have been particularly appropriate in the first place. <laughs> I've listened to some some older rock and roll. She's my cherry pie. Pour some sugar on me. Uh, it's a nice day for a white wedding. That kind of like. There's some stuff that that if you actually listen to the lyrics, maybe it's not so appropriate, even if it's a, a classic. Now, my kids growing, you know, thinking about the stuff that I listened to when I was a teenager, my kids don't need to hear Tool. They don't need to hear Nirvana, Metallica, or Nine Inch Nails any more than they need to hear Lil Nas X or Katy Perry or Taylor Swift or whatever other pop garbage plays on pop Spotify stations. And the same thing, I mean, I don't need to turn on a radio station when I'm in my car. I can play music that I have on my phone that I have already heard. Kids love listening to the same songs over and over and over again. In fact, that's what radio stations are, really. Just like with movies, I need to curate the music that my kids listen to. 
They love music they can dance to, for example. So I play music that doesn't have lyrics, flamenco stuff and mariachi stuff and whatever, rock and roll and electronic, you know, all these, all these weird different genres. And they just love dancing to it because it's got a beat. They love music they can sing along to. So I play music I know the words to. We've got a lot of sea shanties in our house. Now, if their friends all love some song or some band that either I don't know or don't like, my kids don't have to be exposed to that music as much as I can help it. You are a parent. You are a parent. It is entirely appropriate for you to say, you're not going to play that song. We're not listening to that song. We are not listening to that artist. In fact, it is your job to do that, to put your foot down and say, no, you're a Christian. You're my child. This is not music you will be listening to so far as I can control it. And if your friends listen to this music and they don't respect, or, and, and, you know, they don't respect that I don't want you listening to it, I'll talk to their parents. And if their parents say, well, I'll just let the kids listen to whatever they want to, well, you're not hanging out with those kids anymore. Does it seem draconian to you? Maybe. But that's what you need to be to protect your kids. If that's draconian, if that's authoritarian, that's the only thing that's going to protect them from this, again, pernicious, infernal evil. All right, music aside, movies aside, TV shows aside, video games aside, talking to strangers aside, what about, what about something else? What about books? Same thing applies. Same thing applies. Just because something is in print doesn't mean that it's magically going to be free from all the you know, inappropriate content that is, is so prevalent in visual media. Now, if you've read books growing up, you know those books, you know if they're good or bad. Use that knowledge to select books for your kids. You know what my kid's favorite book is right now? Well, it has been for years. The Hobbit. I've got a cartoon version of The Hobbit. It's, it's ancient. I, I checked out one of them from the library when I was a kid, and I wore that book to pieces. This is my third iteration of my third copy of the comic book, the visual, I don't know, graphic novel version of The Hobbit that I've given my kids. My kids love The Hobbit. Just because it's an old book doesn't mean it's bad. Treasure Island? You bet they're going to be listening to Treasure Island. I just finished listening to... Um, not electric, uh, electric sheep. Uh, I finished listening to iRobot with my kids. My, uh, I'm listening to audiobooks in the car with them. My kids love listening to the Action Bible in the car. My kids are currently listening to uh, uh, Electric Dreams in the car. You know, there are these books that I've read that I'm familiar with uh, that I can recommend to my kids. There's no reason they need to read new stuff. Now, maybe there's some new stuff out there that's good. Fine, read it first. If you want your kids to read Harry Potter, good. You read the Harry Potter first. You want your kids to read Twilight? You read Twilight first. Whatever content you're putting in front of your kids, you need to screen it first, books included. You can't just trust you know, a, a public library to just slap a young adult sticker on, on you know, the side of a, a novel and say, okay, well, it's going to be good for my kids because it's in the young adult section. It's a picture book in the children's section. I don't need to actually open it up and look inside. You know you can't do that. Don't be ignorant. Don't say, okay, well, you know, I can't trust the movies that my kids watch without screening them, but I can do it with books. Don't, don't do that. You cannot trust the library, especially, you know, public library or a bookstore that just slaps young adult or children's book stickers on, on books. You can't. The desire of those who wish to expose your children to inappropriate content will specifically count on you not previewing what your kids read. Now, this is, here's another uh, example from my life. And this isn't me going to school. So this is recently at a private school that my kids attend. The teachers discovered a quote-unquote young adult novel that had been made popular online in TikToks and whatever. There's one, one more app that my kids will never use. 
there was a, so there, there was a young adult romance novel. Um, I, I don't know that it had been made popular. It had been popularized online. Now everything about the art on the cover of this book, to the description on the back of the book and the inside fold, was completely innocuous. I looked at it. I, I, I look. I didn't read the book cover to cover. I looked at the outside of the book. I you know I looked at the stupid the stupid art. I looked at the stupid description of you know so and so's moved to a new town and she needs to find you know new friends and she falls in love with some hockey player or something like that. There were no outward indications that the parent should have to read the book all the way through themselves. It just looked like dumb kid pulp fiction. Yet inside those pages, inside those pages, as the teachers, thankfully, these, these eagle-eyed teachers caught this book and, and removed it from the, the kids, protected the kids from it, inside those pager, pages, the author graphically described scenes and actions that could never be depicted or even suggested in any R-rated movie. Graphic, graphic stuff. Just in the middle of the book. Conveniently, no, not on the first page, not on the last page. You have to flip to the middle of the book, to the meat of the story. That only your kids who are interested in reading, you know, some dumb romance, adult, young adult uh, fiction would actually get to. There was the most horrific stuff. It wasn't just, okay, that's age inappropriate for, for young kids. It is inappropriate for anybody to read what was on that page. Now, according to the outside of the book, this was supposed to be a lighthearted, innocent, young adult novel. But it was pornography. Wrapped in a package to sneak past adults. That's often what happens, is they'll wrap something like this in a package to sneak past adults. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. A spoonful of sugar also helps the cyanide go down. Now, this might seem overwhelming. And, you know, especially as a parent, this might seem hopeless, like a war you can't win. And to some degree, it, it is true. You will never be able, I will never be able to fully protect people from this predatory culture. But, you are aware of some of these dangers now. You are aware of some of these dangers. And you can be on guard against these dangers and other ones like them. Who knows what kind of content will come out in the future? Who knows what kind of new media will come out in the future? The last few generations were not ready for the internet, for how much damage the internet could do. Whatever comes out next, whatever neural net, whatever, you know, whatever it is that comes out next, you need to be on guard before it gets bad. Everything your children consume, you need to screen first. You have to. You absolutely have to. If you're the parent who screens everything their kid watches, everything your kid listens to, reads, you're going to be the weird one. You're going to be the paranoid one. And your kid is going to be the weird one. He's going to be the weird one who isn't familiar with all the pornographic content as all of his peers are, as all of his friends are. They're going to make jokes he's not going to get. They're going to say words he's not going to know. He's going to stand out because he doesn't get all the references that you'd rather he not know in the first place. He isn't going to fit in as well as the conversation as well in the conversation when it takes a turn that is distinctly anti-Christian. He is not going to fit in well with the non-Christian, the anti-Christian culture. You're going to need to start being comfortable with that. He will be living in a world, but not part of the world. He will be set apart and distinct from the world in some strange way, and it might be uncomfortable, but it will not be bad for him. It will be for his benefit. As miserable as it seems, it's like wearing a helmet on a bicycle. Makes you look like a dork, but by golly, when you fall and bump your noggin, you will be glad you had that helmet on. Now, for you, your goal is preventative measures. If you haven't done this already, start doing it now. Please, please, please. Please be responsible for every piece of content your child consumes. Be responsible for every person they talk to, every social, intermedi or every social interaction 
uh, your child makes, whether he's talking to friends in person or talking to friends in, you know, in, in chat rooms and texting and stuff like that. This was always your responsibility. The culture has told you that it's nosy for you to butt into your kid's social life. No, it's not nosy to be involved, to be responsible. Or if it is nosy, okay, then be a nosy parent. Do it. Oh, but my kids won't trust me. Yeah, well, you shouldn't trust your, your kids or your, your kids' friends to, to make adult decisions at this point. You need to be involved. Now you can put you know you can eventually take those training wheels off you know raise them right and 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 hope that they don't depart from depart from the right way. But in the meantime, in the meantime, you need to protect the most the most vulnerable members of your household. You no longer live in a time when you can trust companies and strangers to have the best interests of children at heart. That's just a fact. You have to accept that. You have to live in that world. You cannot change that. The most important thing of all, the most important thing of all, always has been, always will be is their faith in Christ. It isn't enough simply to limit the amount of sin your children are exposed to, but you need to have trust in that God to forgive the sins. Now, it's one thing, the one thing that every single person who comes to me with this sin has in common is that Christ died for them all. If this is your sin, if this is a sin that your child has, if this is something they're exposed to, it's a sin that God desires to forgive. It's a sin that was paid for with the blood of Christ on the cross. It does you no good to just avoid the sin in the future if you reject the free gift of forgiveness. Repent and be forgiven. Your children, too. Encourage them in this, too. Have faith. Be free from guilt. This is the promise that God has for you and your children. The entire world may be against you. They may be against your family, maybe against your faith. But if your God is for you, then nothing will defeat his love. The final destinations for Christian. The final destination for Christians is eternal life, where there is no more sin, sorrow, or temptation. In the meantime, while you are on this earth, it behooves you to be diligent, to be wary, to be involved, to be prepared for the fiery trial, to expect the worst, to hope for the best, and to be confident in its resolution in Christ. God bless you all, and take care.